0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Praise God, aren't you thankful to be in the presence of the Lord in the house of God one more time? Amen. I'm happy to be here. Glad that you're here. Pray that the hand of the Lord will touch us together in this house tonight. Amen. I am grateful that you have made a conscious decision and effort to be here. Otherwise, I'd be here by myself. What a lonely place it would be. I've been here by myself. Not on church times, but I've been here by myself. It can be a lonely place. Amen, and so your, uh, your presence here is not taken for granted. We're looking forward to the Lord just speaking something into our heart here this evening. I've prayed today and asked him to do just that, and I just have silly faith that he will. Indeed, just plant something in our heart. We're going to take a familiar journey to some degree, but I believe that God can touch us in a new night, a fresh time, and let a fresh anointing come to our mind and eyes and our ears tonight. The book of Luke, chapter two, chapter eleven, I'm sorry, verse number two, continuing our study in the Lord's Prayer. The book of Luke chapter 11 and verse number two. The Bible says, and he said unto them, when you pray, say, 'Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. And tonight, we will focus our attention on verse three, which says, give us day by day our daily bread. Give us day by day our daily bread. Last Wednesday night, I just made mention that the Lord gives us enough light to take the next step. He 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 doesn't always project down into our future, which often is a good thing. We would like the Lord, or we think we'd like the Lord to show us more at a time. But um, the Lord does give us enough for what we need for that moment. And so give us day by day our daily bread. Amen. Let's pray over the word. Can we do that? I love you today. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be here again tonight to speak your word. I do not take this opportunity for granted, and I certainly do not take this wonderful congregation for granted and the time that you've given us to spend together. So I pray, Lord, your anointing and your blessings to be upon all of our lives. Strengthen us today by your hand. And I pray that this word, albeit familiar in many, many respects, let there be a fresh anointing on it tonight because we've never been here today. We've never read it in this moment, in this time, in this fashion. So I pray that you'll help us and strengthen us in Jesus' name. And you can be seated. We're halfway through the Lord's Prayer and we're just now coming to the portion of this prayer that talks about us. So we've been doing a lot of praying up to now and we just now get to us. Which sometimes in our real prayer lives it's the other way around where we kind of petition God with all of our needs and then by the way in passing I want you to know that I love you and uh, for the next little while let's talk about these aspects of prayer and and as we conclude as we will not conclude tonight but in our conclusion of this we're going to be talking about give us and then forgive us and then lead us And that's how we will conclude uh, the teaching of this series. Give us, tonight, we're going to be talking about giving today or this day, this moment, our daily bread. And then that, that provision takes care of the present right now that God would help us to have what we need. And then forgive us our trespasses and that is asking God to pardon our past and then we will ask him to lead us and that is asking the Lord to take care of our future. Amen. Let the Spirit of God build a hedge about us. Yes, sir. Keep us from the evil of this world, Jabez prayed. And, and uh, David said that asking the Lord to order his steps in his word and let not dominion, let not iniquity have dominion over me. And so we want to just not ask God for provision today but we certainly want to ask God to take care of us in our future. amen. I think it's important to know that to note that that the uh, that the Lord gives daily bread to everyone even uh, to the wicked even to those who don't pray this prayer daily bread it rains on the just and the unjust the scripture says so we, We pray this portion of this prayer and again, I wanna just maybe say that that uh, uh, of course, this is not a prayer to recite but it's a prayer of principles and it lays out a pattern of prayer. Our Father, that reminds me that we have a family of God, not just this local body. I'm thankful for this local body but I'm thankful for the body of Christ and I'm thankful for the ministries of any church. I'm thankful for the the ministry of this church, uh, not only past but present, and I am grateful for that, but I've just felt so impressed in the last several months, and I know I've mentioned this multiple times, but I've just felt, felt so impressed in prayer the last several months to thank the Lord not only for those who propagated the gospel by um, leading and teaching and preaching the word of God, but I am so thankful for the saints of God who just plugged themselves into a local church and they went to church when it was raining and they went when it was cold and they went when they had pain in their body, amen. They went when it was inconvenient. They went, they just pressed on anyhow and because of that, we're here tonight. They just got under the load, they got under the burden of that and they just did whatever was necessary at that moment to fill a gap to minister to a need and to be there. And so some of them we know by name because maybe they are, they're related to us. Some of them uh, we know by name because their story precedes them. But some of them may remain sort of nameless and faceless to some degree. There have been people who have, uh, who have been a part of this assembly for a season of time, a season of their life. And um, I'm thankful for that. I was thinking about today, Sister Sue Singletary, who moved here in her latter years of her life and uh, spent many years here in this in, the, in this church and, and uh, she would sit generally over in this area of our congregation. And, uh, you know, she, to my knowledge, never had a title, never had a position, but she was faithful and loyal. She came with a lot of resistance uh, from home and she came anyway, she pressed on, drove a great distance to be here Thankful for people like that, who just for a little while, a season of life, wasn't very long. Uh, of course, that uh, some of you remember her health began to decline and she got dementia and, and, uh, and uh, thankful for the Myers family, Brother Harold Myers, Sister Myers was here just a few services ago, but Brother Harold Myers, latter years of their life, just kinda came along, retired, plugged into our church and, and uh, the same things, very unassuming very unassuming man came in and uh, didn't didn't draw a lot of attention to himself but never met a stranger always had that same uh, predictable smile and he was just an encourager he was a help. A strength. I, I don't know how many times that he, in his own quiet way, just came alongside me and just said, I wanna encourage you today and I just wanna be a strength to you today. It wasn't long before he himself started having some of those same symptoms. As a matter of fact, I would visit he and Sister Singletary in the same nursing home. And um, most days, they would not even be aware that I was there, but I was aware that they were there. Amen, so thank you, Lord. The fabric of the church is dotted with just such people. Maybe they weren't here long enough. Each of them had been in churches in the north for many, many years, but they weren't here long enough perhaps to leave a huge footprint. But for the time and the season that they were here, they were shoulders that were lifting the load in prayer. And Amen, aren't you just thankful for the church? God bless the church. Amen, so I'm thankful for God's daily provision and people that he brings into our life like that. When, to to sort of get back on track here with our subject this evening, when Jesus uses the word bread, he is referring to everything that we need here in our earthly existence. Generally, those are the fundamental needs of life. He cares about even the smallest details. Isn't it just, pardon me if you think this is sacrilegious, but I just think it's cool sometimes. that God just tends to some the the most minuscule details of my life when you just kind of brush something back and you realize it was God and you was thinking man he had a lot bigger things to do today than this That's right. That's right. but he just tends to those he cares he really really cares, and so I'm thankful for a God who takes care of the smallest of things, and so within our request is the faith and the knowledge that God will provide, and so it is with confidence that we make our needs known to God, not as though we're praying into the vapor and hoping that something happens, but we pray with great faith. The order of the Lord's prayer is very intentional, and so we should always honor God before we make our needs and petitions known. There's a very intentional outline to this. I think even Jesus articulates this in the book of Matthew 6 and 33 when he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then these other things will be given unto you or added to you. And so I think when we come to the Lord that there's a very specific way that we should come into the presence of the Lord, even in prayer, and so we begin in praising God, and then we make our request known. And so in this, we're admitting that we have needs that only God can fill, that only he can take care of that. So consider the children of Israel, if you will. When they were freed from the bondage of Egypt, they faced a tremendous dilemma. Now, the deliverance was just first class because they came out with a very high hand, we might say, They came out wearing the apparel uh, and and all of that that had been given to them, God had provided them, so they came out with a very high hand, but they still had a dilemma. How would thousands and thousands and thousands of people sustain themselves long enough to cross the desert? How would they sustain themselves long enough to actually step into the promises that God had given them? Then said the Lord in Exodus 16 and 4, Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread. I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. So again, noting that the request here is for bread. Again, in in scripture, bread represents necessities, not necessarily luxuries, but necessities, and we should also note that we're talking about daily bread, not stockpiled bread, hoarded bread, but we're talking about daily bread. And so we're seeking for the sufficient supply for each day as that need arises. God will just make sure that we have what we need. The, the Greek word translated daily is best explained by the experience of the Israelites in their in their exodus from Egypt in Exodus 16. In the morning... The ground was covered with something thin and flaky. Uh, they didn't know what it was, so they gave it the name manna. The manna truly means, what is it? And so they didn't really know what it was, so it was just called, what is it? Can you imagine, for 40 years, it was still, what is it? They really weren't sure. It was just every day, there is that, what is it, on the ground. However, each day they gathered enough for the day, If they tried to keep any for tomorrow, it would spoil or rot with one exception and that was on the sixth day. And the Lord didn't just rain enough for that day, but he rained enough or provided enough for two days. Amen, the sixth day there was a double supply and that double supply on that day only miraculously stayed fresh for a day of rest. And so for years and years and years, This was not an occasional occurrence. This happened every day. Every day. God was supplying them with sufficient food for that day and that day only. There were several things about the manna that we don't really know. However, there are a few things that we do. Manna was not something that was indigenous to the wilderness, so this was not something that just kind of grew there um, that was a part of that journey. Uh, It was... Evident that the Israelites never saw it before. In the book of Deuteronomy 8, the Bible says he fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know. So this is a mystery, a mystery of mysteries. This has never happened before, but I promised that I would do this and so I'm taking care of you. And so we can also, I think, safely assume because that a pot of manna was saved and stored in the Ark of the Covenant I think it's safe to say that nothing of that kind ever appeared again. It was something for that season of their life. So if they'd never seen it before, what is it? It never happened again. God just brought it there for them in that time. Yesterday, I was um, reading an article in a Jewish encyclopedia, and it stated that each day the manna had to be gathered, and it had to be ground, and then it had to be baked into a loaf every day. Therefore, even though God provided the needs, it did not negate the responsibility to be actively involved in what God was doing. So God's gonna give us something, but we're gonna have to do something with the gift. We're gonna have to make something of that. And uh, so may God bless us daily, but when he does, we still bear responsibility to do with what God has provided in our lives. We can't just hide it, put it under a bushel. We can't just put it on a top shelf. And so this grain-like substance which sustained the Israelites in the wilderness also foreshadowed Jesus Christ, the true bread from heaven. In John 6, chapter 30, I think for about almost 30 verses, 27, 28 verses there, Jesus assured the Jews that it was he and not the wilderness food Amen. That sustained them, that it was me in the wilderness. It was not just what you think it was, but it was me. It was it was I in John 6.48. I won't read all of this, but in John 6.48, the Bible says, and this was Jesus validating this. He said, I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is this is the bread which cometh down which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven and if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever and the bread that I will give thee is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. Amen, this was not just some strange phenomenon and then we're just gonna put it in that box or that category and file it away but this was a type and shadow, a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ who which was to come. I've read many different calculations. I think these are, uh, are, are interesting all in their own right concerning the manna that came into the camp of Israel every day. Um, I've mentioned several of these through the years, but one I read was that the ground cover each morning by the manna would be equivalent to 266 football fields. And so this was not just a small thing that happened in the shadows, but God was being God God was being God, big time being God. And he did this every day for decades. Over 2 million people wandered for 40 years in the in the wilderness, in the desert, and God provided them manna and he provided them water. Amen. That water followed them. Is that what the scripture says? Amen. That water followed them. And and so it's hard for us to rationalize. It's hard for us to comprehend that. I understand that in book of, in Exodus 16 and 35, the Bible says, And the children of Israel did eat manna 40 years until they came to a land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came unto the borders of the land of Canaan. And so they ate manna, the same diet, for 40 years until they came to a land that was settled. They ate manna till they the scripture says they reached the border or the edge of Canaan. And so here is what we can take away from that is that God will provide what we need until we no longer need it. He knows when to let it rain and he knows when to stop because the Lord knows exactly where we are and so he was not dis, uh, he was not distracted somewhere and woke up one day and realized that, hey, you're already to the edge of Canaan. But the Lord knew exactly where they were in their journey. Deuteronomy 29 and 5, the Lord said, I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. I think this is pretty cool. Amen. How could you know how could you not know that God was with you? Then I asked myself, where did all the murmuring come from? Why were you complaining? If all around you, you can see the daily provision of God and your clothes are never wearing out and your shoes are never wearing out, nothing is changing in your life, amen? God was was so intimately involved with the children of Israel, he was not arm's length from them, but God was with right there standing with them. And so they, uh, they understood that God was their provider. He had kept their clothes on their back, their clothes are not waxing old, and thy shoe is not waxing old upon thy foot. And so God said, I am gonna keep you, I'm gonna sustain you, I'm gonna feed you, I'm gonna give you water, and what you're wearing is gonna last for 40 years. Another scripture in Deuteronomy says, concerning that, it says, your foot is not swollen. Or in other words, nothing changed. I'm just keeping you. I'm just holding you and preserving you. Now here is something that, the one of the reasons that it's really hard for us, and I'm including me in that us, to understand this is because when is the last time we've been when we didn't know where our next meal was coming from? in all honesty when have, we, when have we ever been to the point that we don't know when we're going to eat next we usually have more than enough food for ourselves and so this request may seem a little bit irrelevant give us this day our daily bread because we're not really having to worry about daily bread right in truth we have any kind of food that we want for the most part, we have whatever we want. And sometimes that wants way on this scale, and sometimes that wants way down here on this scale, but we have what we want. Monday night, our power was out uh, for about four hours or so. And uh, and so we were kind of limited in, a, in what we could get our hands on. And so we both decided that we wanted a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And it was one of the greatest I've had. Amen. So we forget that without God, we wouldn't prosper at all. It's so easy when you see the cupboard full to say, Lord, give me today my daily bread. would be a lot different if there was nothing there, right? I'm not being cynical. I'm just being honest with you that... That, that sometimes I was reading today, you know, sometimes a crisis comes in our, in our lives, and I'm saying our in a very, the broadest of terms, in and, and the broadest sense. A crisis comes in our lives, it gets our attention for just a little while. I read an article this afternoon where, uh, the, the, of course, many, many churches, many churches saw this, probably every church in America saw this to some degree, but uh, this article was on a particular mega church in Dallas, Texas the Sunday after 9-11, their attendance, as best as they can guess, their attendance was somewhere around 23 or 24,000 people the following Sunday morning. The next Sunday morning it was down to around 17,000. The next Sunday morning, it was down to 14,000. The next Sunday morning, down to 12,000 because the crisis was not over but life was getting back to normal. There was still food in the cupboard. It wasn't what we thought maybe was going to happen there in those couple of days of true uncertainty. And so it's hard to say, give us this day our daily bread when, let's just be honest, so many people in America don't need that much for God to provide for them because they Got multiple cars in the yard or the car or in the driveway or the garage. They've got more than enough clothes to wear, more than enough clothes to wear, more than enough food to eat, and, and on and on and on the list could go. But we must never forget that God, without God, we would not have what we have. God brings the sun. God brings the rain, God allows the crops to grow. He gives us the intelligence and the ability to earn. Amen, God gives us the ability. And so when when was the last time that we were thankful for those simple things, those everyday things? And and, uh, I know that from time to time we're all blessed and we can go do some things that we really want to do. I mean, I think it would be wonderful to just say, Lord, I thank you for the provision I thank you for the gift of even money to be able to do this. Thank you, Lord, for helping me because without you, I couldn't do that. I couldn't be here. Give me, Lord, this day my daily bread. We're not just talking about food in the cupboard, but my daily things to help me. Jesus said, give us our daily bread. I think it's important to note that, that He does not the prayer is not give me my daily bread, but it is give us our daily daily bread. There is a tremendous difference. Not give me mine, but give us ours. It's a completely different prayer. And so every time I pray this prayer, I'm not only encouraged, but I am commanded to pray with with and for my brothers and my sisters. I want you to give us today our daily bread. Amen. If we only pray for our needs with no thought of any others, then we're most definitely not praying like Jesus said to pray. In the words of Jesus in Matthew 25, he said, for the hungry, and you gave them something to eat, and for the thirsty, something to drink, and a stranger, you invited them in, and to those who need to close, you clothed them, and to the sick, you looked after them, and to those in prison, you came to visit. That is the nature of God. That is the nature of the Lord. And so our first response in prayer is to pray for us, is not to pray for us and only us. Amen. If we pray for us and only us, then we have missed the prayer according to Jesus, amen. God loves who those who pray for our everyday needs, our everyday things, you know what? I wanna pray, give me today my daily bread because I don't even know what I'm gonna need today, but you do, you certainly know. In Bible times, bread was the staple of life. It was baked fresh every day and was an essential part of life. But Jesus also taught, as essential as bread was. I know sometimes people with bread can take it or leave it. When we're talking about loaves of bread. But it was an everyday staple of life. And as important as this everyday staple of life was, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. We read that, that's kind of a catchy scripture. But to those who heard him, they knew what he was saying. Man shall not live by bread alone. That's an important thing. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Amen. We need the life of the word. So bread is a symbol for everything necessary for life and well-being. And so this certainly includes, of course, health, food, shelter, clothing, income, peace, safety, friends and family. The list goes on and on and on. Solomon in the book of Proverbs gives us the right perspective. In Proverbs 30 verses eight and nine, Solomon said, remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of God in vain. So there's a danger on both sides of this equation. And Solomon was praying, keep me in the middle, Lord. Keep me in the middle. Remove me far from vanity and lies. I pray, God, not for poverty. And I also don't pray for riches. Amen, I pray, God this because I may get full and deny you or I may get too far the other way and steal and rob and so I'm just asking you Lord to help me just keep me centered keep me balanced amen this prayer doesn't imply that we have all we want but it certainly does imply that we have all that we need praise the Lord some people are trying to make their own daily bread and they figure if they make enough money they'll be happy if they acquire enough of this or enough of that that it's going to bring it all but I'm gonna tell you that you can spend your entire lifetime striving for material prosperity and miss what life is all about. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy 18 and eight, the Bible says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. So whatever we have, God gave us the ability to do that. As we begin reading in the first portion of the Bible and through the Old Testament, I just always marvel that when God needed something, he just gave man the ability to do it. Need a carpenter? Come here. Fixing to bless you. Need a blacksmith? Come here. And I'm gonna give you that gift. And often that gift passed from generation generation to generation to generation to generation was almost a perpetual gift. And so it is the Lord who gives us power and the ability. I believe that to this very day. I really do, that people just have the ability to do whatever it is that they're doing. And many people are operating within a call and that's the, uh, the, the God's honest truth operating with a, within a call, a blessing that's upon their life. They have the ability to do that. The Ark of the Covenant contained three items. I mentioned one of them a moment ago. The Ten Commandments, the stone tablets that were given to Moses, Aaron's rod, which was uh, a, a walking stick that miraculously budded, uh, and then that pot of manna, the bread that God provided every day. And it's interesting that God made the condition that the people would gather the manna and then consume it today today if they tried to meet it with tomorrow, uh, and we covered that a moment ago. And so what God was trying to drive home was this, is I want you to depend on me every day. Every day, I want you to depend on me. And so we're praying our daily bread. And so when you pray our daily bread, there's no room for selfishness here because Jesus said that when we offer bread to others, we're in effect doing it to him. And so we're spreading what God has given us. We pass the bread. To the rest of the table, so to speak, to the rest of those that we meet. And along with that generosity comes a spirit of contentment. There is no greater blessing in the world than helping somebody else. There, there's nothing that can quite match or measure up against that feeling or that, feeling, that gratification that comes whenever you have done something for someone that really has no way to, to to in turn pay you back for that, but you have just doing it from the abundance of your heart. A great contentment comes with that. Some people are never satisfied, of course, with what they have. I think that's been as long as we can trace mankind. Paul states this in the book of Philippians chapter four, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And then Paul says something very powerful. He says, I know both how to be abased And I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed to both be, to both. To both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. We need to understand what precedes that I can do all things. And that is Paul saying, I know how to go high and I know how to be low. I know how to have and I know how to have not. I have been with and I have been without. Amen. And so I pray that God would just help me to understand I can do all Things through Christ, which strengthens me. Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 6 and 8, and having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. If we have what we need, God will take care of the rest. Now, I don't want to imply at all that reliance upon God means that we can be lazy. That's, that's not correct at all. Paul writes to slothful saints in 2 Thessalonians 3. He said in verse 11, For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. But ye brethren, be, in, be not weary in well-doing. And so we have uh, an admonition to get up, to move forward to take advantage of and to do something with what God has given us. <clears throat> Amen. I'm gonna ask our musicians to come if they will. One day when Jesus was praying, his disciples urged him to stop and to have something to eat. To eat, And, and Jesus said, I have bread to eat that you know not of. What an odd response. And I think the point is is that we can get sometimes so caught up in trying to provide for us oh, right. that we don't understand the value of the spirit man in us. All of us have probably experienced many times in our life when we push back from the table kind of thinking, I won't ever eat again. I'm done but then something happens our body begins to break all of that down and appropriate it and there's a hunger that comes again and a thirst that comes again and And I know this is very very rudimentary but if the fleshly man, no matter how full he has been, can say, I'm famished, how long can the spirit man truly go? How long do we think we can really afford not to read our Bible? I'm talking about just on our own and I appreciate systematic reading programs but not just reading it so we can check off a box or mark it off our list but just to pick it up just to pick it up hide it in our heart many of you knew or remember or maybe have even heard about Sister Gladys Goodson so much of the word hidden in her heart I don't think Sister Goodson ever proclaimed to be perfect none of the above but she truly had the word of God hidden in her heart I remember as a young man asking my mother just what was the catalyst for that if I, I I think I have at least some of this story right. For many years she worked in a forestry tower. Sister Donna's shaking her head. So am I right? Okay. So I see Lana shaking her head. So I'm she worked in a many years in a forestry tower. You still see some of those old towers around here. So every day she took the Bible there. she just read the Word of God. So she didn't just morph into that and 30 days 60 days 90 days but I remember um, as a young pastor it was really quite an adjustment to have Sister Goodson in the congregation when you're preaching because she would finish your thoughts she wasn't trying to be rude or outspoken or out of order I just remember one day I finally said you're just better than I am you're just going to have to give me some room let me catch up here (laughs) the word of God. We all have little idiosyncrasies and one of her deals when she was really, really making a point is she'd put her fingers together. She was very animated. She said, we gotta love this truth. You've got to love this truth. you got to love this truth i am not trying to be too dramatic, but in the absence of her daughter, I'm gonna take a little bit of room here. the morning I was standing in her room when it was evident she had departed this world I was thinking what a loss we've we've not just lost a head count here we've not just lost a person on the roll we've really lost something here we've really lost something here God help us today to hide your word because we never know when that word is going to have to be, pardon me, but we never know when that word is going to have to be regurgitated again and brought back. So let me hide it. Give me this day our daily bread. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand, if you would. What a sweet presence of the Lord. God established the church to serve what nobody else can, and that is the bread of life. You see, I humbly say this, but I need you to really get what I'm saying. Nobody else can do what we're doing here tonight. Nobody else. Nobody else can do what the church was called on to do. And that is to serve the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And to, so, so to those who are spiritually starved, God invites us to come and with, eat without cost. In Isaiah 55, he says, why do you spend money for things that's not, what's not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? You see, it really just depends whether or not we eat really just depends on how hungry you are.